Hello and welcome back to the Social Media Psychology Podcast and to both of you listeners out there, the sound you're hearing in the background is uh, my cat Matilda licking herself. I'm just going to move her real quick. Okay, today I want to talk about uh, a topic that I think is is circling around the advertising industry, but but one that we haven't really um, had a straightforward conversation about. And I think in large part that's due to just kind of a, a mislabeling or, or a lack of kind of division between how we're thinking about things that are social media networks uh, and social media platforms uh, and things that are communities. Uh, I think these these two are distinctly different things and they're getting lumped into the same category for most of our, our kind of social strategies. Uh, and it, it makes sense, you know, within our team structures, certainly for the people who work on our digital and social work to also work on our digital kind of community work. Um, so the, the recommendation here is not necessarily to, to change uh, our org structures, but rather uh, to, to think about the, the output of our creative, to think about our strategy uh, in, in trying to engage these kind of different digital ecosystems. Because, you know, I think they, they really are fundamentally different. And, I, and in a nutshell, I think the division has to do with this. When you're in a social media site, the content, the recommendations, your feed, these things are all organized around you personally and the connections that you build, be they personal or to brands or to uh, you know news and media and whatever other kind of of kind of organic presences exist out there in terms of like curators and makers and all that fun stuff. So in a social media site you have a particular feed that is custom to you. There's, there's nobody else in the world that has the same Facebook feed that, that you have, right? But when we look at online communities, there's, there's an inherently different kind of organization of things. And I think it nets a much different relationship, one between users of the platform and the platform itself, but also uh, in the way we as brands ought to think about our, our kind of roles in the ecosystem, um, so in, a, in an online computer community, we're not organized around personal connections. Often in uh, online communities, we're either anonymous or we're allowed to be kind of pseudonymous. We tend not to wear our offline identity quite as often. Um, and secondly, we're organized not around our personal connections, obviously, because we don't have identity in, the, in these spaces, uh, but rather we're organized around our kind of commonalities, uh, ideas, interests, um, political affiliations, religions, all kinds of, of things unite users in online communities. Um, but I think it's fair to object to this kind of automatic labeling of, of community uh, just because people are organized around interests. Um, but you you do end up seeing this behavior and this this kind of sense of community form within these online spaces that that tend to be organized around kind of common ideas and common interests rather than ones that are totally customized to you. 
And you, you see that within, particularly within platforms like Reddit, um, but you see echoes of it really in, in everything from 4chan down to like 9gag and Tumblr and even kind of online forums kind of have this sense of, of almost community togetherness and we identify as a tribesmanness. Uh, you, you see that in the way that people on the Reddit platform will call each other Redditors in a way that people within Facebook will, will never kind of call each other Facebookers. Uh, we don't think of the Facebook platform that way. Um, even at, at kind of an unconscious level, we're thinking of it more as like a, this is where I'm, I'm kind of forming identity and expressing myself. I think self-expression uh, has, been, has been kind of shown to be a driving force of what people are up to in, in social media. But I think we're in very different mindsets when we're in spaces where we're not representing identity. And I think the mechanism by which community forms in these anonymous, interest-based types of spaces uh, has a lot to do with shared experience. So, you know, like I mentioned before, every person in the world has a very particular, very distinct Facebook feed, um, or I guess every, every person who has Facebook in the world has a very particular Facebook feed that's close to like everybody in the world at this point. Um, when you go to a Reddit community or when you go to, you know, a, even just a general online forum, the hierarchy of content is not based on you specifically. And maybe in, in ye olden internet era, that was simply by virtue of kind of limitation of functionality. But you know, in, in today's internet, you know, those sites, you know, Reddit, Reddit ranks within the top 10 most visited sites in the U S uh, according to Alexa, it's, it's still, I mean, it, it's grown massively just over the last four years, but you know, you look at, you look at that trajectory over the last, you know, 13, 14 years that Reddit has existed. And it's hard to argue with spaces like Reddit. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Reddit's the only one. I just, I just happened to work there for the last four years, so forgive me uh, for <laughs> it being the, the example that comes most quickly to my mind. Um, but there is this kind of distinctive sense of community that forms in these spaces, and as brands, I think you know what we need to do is something different than what we do in spaces where self-expression is is kind of the the basic mode of engagement. Um, so. What I want to go through today is a couple of examples of campaigns that I think have done that particularly well. Um, but before I do that, I, I want to uh, give a little shout out to the r slash advertising community on Reddit. Uh, obviously, you have to be plugging Reddit here from, from all angles. Um, it's, it's a really interesting community, the r slash advertising community, because what you find is that while there's a, a decent representation of people from the U U.S. agency world, I would say that the U.S. agency world kind of dominates the conversation within the r slash advertising community. You end up with users uh, from all around the world kind of coming to participate uh, and to share their particular experiences in the industry and how they, they kind of differ from the norm. And, and often you'll find people from other, other countries trying to get insight into what, it, what it's like to work in a U.S. agency. 
so we had a, an interesting post within the, the subreddit the other day. Um, and I, I'm assuming that they're not from the U.S. because the uh, title is in kind of broken English. But the sentiment of the, of the title is, uh, why do so many people hate working in advertising? And the, the thread is, is really kind of an interesting kind of set of, of insights into, you know, what, what simple pain points people have, you know, when, when working inside an agency, but also kind of what these grander industry level kind of problems seem to be aiming us at in the, in the near future. Um, so I want to, I want to inspire you all with some depressing responses to this thread. Cause I think they're, they're interesting to hear. Um, you, you end up getting a really interesting set of insights from, from, you know, creative strategists often are labeled, um, in this space, but not always. Uh, the, the top response to the thread says, uh, the office politics, the nepotism, the virtue signaling. No, we're not environmentalists. Our job is to sell things made of plastic the backstabbing, the egos, the bullshitters, the out-and-out psychos. It's no longer the 80s, and even large accounts want you to do everything on a budget. You'll spend a year working at an ad agency, and despite the late nights, you'll only have three campaigns and a handful of Instagram posts to show for it. You'll have an idea. It'll be amazing. Then you send it to a client, and they'll love it. They'll just want to make a few changes. Every campaign has to have influencers. That one, I felt that part. <laughs> I know that any of you working in, in social media, specific advertising, do too. Uh, okay. It's about showing, not doing. When coming up with PR stunts, it's the ideas that create the biggest media splash, not the ideas that actually help. It's a vacuous bubble obsessed with its own importance. No one in the real world cares about Lions or Cleos. It's literally the only job I'm really good at. I love coming up with ideas. I've built a prison for myself. Uh, so that's, that is, uh, you know, it's, it's harsh. And I think it certainly represents an, a way of thinking about the advertising industry, uh, and working in it that, that resonates clearly with the people who do. Um, it, it's obviously kind of a caricature of how negative ad life can be. Uh, although you, you do see a really like interesting set of conversations happening, uh, below the post about the the kind of quote unquote benefits that ad agencies tend to provide, which uh, includes things like like allowing the, your, you to bring your dog into work uh, <laughs> and um, free beer after five o'clock. So nice. Uh, just stick around. But there are actually a couple of other other interesting perspectives in here that aren't uh, quite as dreary as that one. Uh, one response comes from a person who owns a digital ad company uh, who makes a lot of kind of digital video and mobile ads. Uh, and they're, they're talking about like the, the benefits of kind of owning a company and being able to work within a small agency that's, that's relatively nimble. Um, they talk about you know, having done campaigns for some pretty big name clients, I won't I won't name them in here, but uh, noting just how much more they liked being able to choose their client set and work with people who appreciated their work and uh, and 
were willing to to kind of lean into uh, suggestions that they were making in, in meaningful ways. Uh, so obviously, you know, I, I think it's it's interesting to kind of see representation from that perspective. Uh, I think we we hear that a lot uh, within the the kind of ad advertising industry that the future it looks something like boutique agencies. I think that's a that's an interesting model. I I also find the the prediction that we just start to emulate the the kind of movie production uh, team assembly model to be kind of interesting, wherein everyone's kind of a, a freelance mercenary and you kind of build a network of people that you like to work with. But uh, enough about my pipe dreams. Um, one other one other interesting response that I thought was worth kind of talking about here. Uh, comes from someone who, who t- <laughs> has decided that digital advertising has ruined the advertising industry. That's, that's the first line. Obviously, this person uh, works in digital advertising or something because that is uh, such a, an attention-grabby, clickbaity headline for their post, which actually makes, I think, a, a pretty reasonable, kind of interesting uh, point, which is something along the lines of, of uh, m- most companies used to understand the importance of brand because they had to work within slower mediums, uh, media like print, uh, television. So there was, there was less ability to, uh, put direct measurement of, you know, has this hit a KPI, uh, that, that's tied to a particular business metric. Um, and they were willing to kind of invest in that slower, process of, of brand building, which, you know, I, I think that's actually a, a pretty fair point, um, especially with capabilities like, you know, cost per install campaigns and, and cost per conversion, uh, kind of buying options out there. It, you know, it's, it's hard to step back and, and, you know, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone making those decisions and, and kind of saying, you know, I'm willing to make this brave decision to invest in this idea uh, in a way that you know is is probably contrary to our instinct of of kind of wanting guaranteed success. Okay, so what I what I really want to get into today again is is this kind of idea of of community advertising uh, as as separate from social media advertising. And I mentioned a couple of the kind of characteristics that I think separates those things at the beginning of the podcast here. But um, what a couple of the things that I think you know, are particularly relevant to us as brands looking to engage in these spaces are, you know, one, that, that these are shared experiences, right? So in a community on Reddit, everyone subscribed to the r slash i don't know sneakers community sees the same content on the front page or on the on the kind of community hub as every other user in the world like if you tune in to the sneakers community you're seeing the same stuff that everybody else is so there's this kind of built-in sense that you know we're, we're kind of all in this together that we, I'm seeing the same things that you're seeing, which builds this kind of candidness and transparency and importance of transparency, right? Because when you're not transparent, then it becomes obvious. Um, you know, Reddit is one of these places that has, has kind of called out different brands on, you know, changing prices based on 
uh, where you're located uh, or based on your browser. You know, th- these are things that require kind of group experiences to, to figure out. So, you know, I, I think in, in large part, that's probably why communities like Reddit have felt pesky uh, and, and dangerous to brands in the past is, you know, when, a, when the Reddit community loves you, when you are, are kind of built into the fabric of the community and when they, you know, when it uses your products, you know, the, the community welcomes engagement and it's very much interested in, in seeing you succeed. Um, even, you know, just in the pure kind of financial sense of hoping that your brand does well, you, you see that sentiment reflected uh, across, you know, fashion communities, gaming communities, PC communities, many of the technology communities, um, they, they wish well on the brands that they feel uh, are straightforward. And they are obviously a little a little bit skeptical of the average brand, uh, kind of given the series of trust issues that we as a, I guess, an entire society have gone through over the last few years. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, the, the Internet is a skeptical place in general. Um, so as brands in this space, you know, we have to keep in mind that we are addressing groups of people and not individual people. And it, it sounds weird to say individual people because it doesn't feel like when we post on Facebook that we're addressing an individual person. But what we're doing is we're, we're kind of sending a one-way message to a lot of people. You know, when you when you look at the a comment thread on a platform like Facebook in a in a thread that is has broken outside the bounds of a friend group, right? So whether that's like on an ads kind of comment section or you know like a, a page of curators, you know, has a, a comment thread going between people who don't know each other. Very rarely is there kind of an an actual thread of conversation happening. Unless people are kind of getting into fights and, and kind of defending their uh, you know beliefs and, and kind of psychological territory, um, more often they're kind of expressions about the piece of content or back to the the poster of the piece of content uh, that other than other people then kind of like recognize and and weigh into right. Facebook sorts its comment section based on. It, it's probably just like total number of likes, but it might it might have some kind of time variable in there as well. Um, but basically, the 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 there's not a community sense within a a post on Facebook between users who don't know each other. There is that sense within these communities, and so it, it requires a little bit more straightforwardness from us. And it also it, it changes the editorial style of of how we engage people. We don't, we don't ask questions in anonymous uh, community networks like these that is as, as kind of like simple as the ones that we would ask within like a, a Facebook page. You know, like I worked in uh, to build kind of like social campaigns back when Facebook was probably uh, its ickiest in terms of like marketing practices. Like, like ugh, we, would, we would do stuff like, uh, press like if you solved the puzzle in 10 seconds or less, or you, you, you give people some way to like humble brag while they're kind of clicking this engagement mechanism that then kind of fuels virality of the post. Like I said, icky, icky territory. Um, but regardless, you, 
when you're when you're asking a question on Facebook, you know, often it's you want you want the question that will generate the highest number of answers, and that's well, one the that same algorithm isn't at play within anonymous online communities, so you don't get that kind of viral benefit out of it that you would uh, within kind of social network personal recommendation social network kind of space. Um, but you also, within community space, you want to, you know, when you're asking a question and a lot of great brand campaigns just center around interesting questions um, within the, these kind of community space. And I'll go through a few examples that I think are, are particularly nice. Um, you want to ask a question that's not just interesting uh, and compelling for you as an individual to respond to. You want to ask a question that's, that's interesting enough for uh, me to go want to go read the answers of other people, because that's the natural behavior in the space. You, you are interested as a redditor in what happens to other redditors and other redditors' perspectives and their stories in a way that seems really counterintuitive to people who don't participate in these spaces. Um, but you, you find this sense of camaraderie and the sense of, of uh, wanting to kind of hear from and understand each other's perspectives. That's an important thing for us to kind of like input into our creative process if we're a brand and we're trying to kind of reach people in these spaces. Um, so a couple of the, the brand campaigns that I really liked to kind of lift up as examples when I, when I led the brand strategy practice at, at Reddit, um, are, are centered around this, this idea of kind of engaging communities differently, uh, just differently than you would a social network. Um, and I, I think they kind of get to some, some good kind of ex like facets of, of how that differentiation can happen in meaningful ways. Uh, the first example that I want to talk about, um, this is, a, this is a strategy that has worked for a huge number of brands across a huge number of different verticals and, and ranging from big brands like Coca-Cola down to the small gaming studios that you've never heard of um, and that I can't name drop right now because I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, Rockfish Games, there's one. Uh, they did an awesome campaign on Reddit that was all about... Uh, it's called like Everspace, which is apparently like a super cool little uh, space flight simulation game. Um, no advertising integration, that no disclosure necessary. That was organic. That's a freebie for you guys. You're welcome, Rockfish. Um, so the, the strategy that I'm talking about just revolves around uh, finding an interesting question that surrounds your content or your campaign or, or just your brand. So there, there are a huge number of examples of, of brands that have done this well, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick out a, a couple. Um, the, the Charles Schwab brand is one that actually really, really kills it uh, within Reddit space. They have really kind of built this nice editorial cadence of bringing interesting and challenging questions to the finance communities on Reddit. And finance is a... Is a particularly good example of where going to anonymous space is useful. Um, you find that within communities like uh, Reddit's personal finance community, r slash personal finance, people are willing to express themselves uh, and 
to kind of disclose parts of their lives that there's no way they would ever do on Facebook to their actual real life friend connections. And, and that ranges from people who will say things like, you know, I, I'm in a bunch of debt and I really need help kind of figuring out how to organize a plan to get out. And you see this kind of Reddit sense of, of kind of community like come into play and you see this like very, very much like heartfelt interactions happening between people all the time, uh, which, you know, that's, it's, it's just good. It, it makes you feel good about society. It makes you feel good about human nature. Um, but you, then you also just kind of see the other side of, of this, which is, you know, it's like every couple years, there's somebody that comes to Reddit and they say something like, Hey, I just won the lottery. What should I do with this? And it's like, I, I don't want to tell my Facebook friends. I don't even really want to tell my extended family. Like, what do I, once I pay off my loans, what should I do with this money? And I think, you know, it's, it's a really interesting uh, f- dialogue that happens in this space around people's finances. Schwab finds these ways to kind of provoke conversations that are interesting enough uh, to like draw a, a bunch of responses. They, they usually get a couple hundred comments uh, per, per thread that I see them run. Um, but they also are questions that you, you kind of want to hear the expert answers on. Like you want to hear what these kind of local experts within the personal finance community uh, are saying and how are, what are they doing to kind of save for the future? One of the, one of the prompts that Schwab kind of started with on Reddit, uh, their, their kind of creative platform is own your tomorrow. So they asked the Reddit community, what's something you're doing to own your tomorrow? And they encouraged people to respond with, you know, everything from um, like you know the workout stuff that they're doing to saving for kids' college to I started my four hundred one k, you know, all of these kind of positive things aimed for tomorrow, you know, and then for Schwab to be able to go in there as a brand and not only kind of have facilitated the conversation but get to kind of dialogue and and. Uh, bring their brand to life in a really positive conversation that's also deeply related to the community that they're entering, right? So this is a, it's, they targeted communities that were relevant to their brand and relevant to the conversation they were having. Um, and that's obviously, that seems obvious, but you know, th- those are the kinds of best practices that, you know, it's, it's easy to overlook over the course of, of kind of creative development. Um, Another brand that, that used this kind of really simple, uh, open-ended prompt in a, in a really interesting and effective way, uh, when, when Hulu was coming out with the first season of The Handmaid's Tale, um, they knew right away that the, they had this kind of built-in audience around Margaret Atwood's uh, fans of the book, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, so they, they were looking for a way to kind of ignite what they called like a, a literary audience, like a literati audience. Like who are the people who are going to be interested enough in this book to kind of help proselytize that? Maybe that's the wrong word to use around like The Handmaid's Tale. Maybe that maybe that's wrong, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to stick with it. Uh, proselytize uh, the book uh, so that the show becomes popular. Um, or I, I should say who will proselytize the show because they loved the book so much. Um, so 
the way that they went about that was uh, they opened up a writing prompt within Reddit's fiction writing communities from within the world of The Handmaid's Tale. So one of the prompts, for example, reads, the United States has fallen and been replaced by a theocratic totalitarian government. You escaped to Canada, and now you live in Toronto's Little America, along with other refugees. How do you rebuild your life? And then in parentheses, new episodes of The Handmaid's Tale every Wednesday, only on Hulu. So we get that, we get that nice little uh, promotional message in there, but it's, a, it's an interesting enough prompt that it drew an incredible amount of creative writing. Um, there are... Let me, let me actually double check myself here. So some of the comments, so over 200 comments in their thread, uh, this was one of a, of a handful. And the comments that they generated aren't short, quick paragraphs. Like some of these are short stories that took up Reddit's character count, which is not short on its own. You know, it's like a multiple page uh, short story that, that and multiple people are writing. So there's there's dozens of short stories within this thread. They're obviously, you know, the 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 structure of the post is that there is a headline uh, and then there is the media embedded within it. Very, very similar. It's kind of what you would find in a like a in a general kind of like social media environment. So, you know, the, the trailer of the film is right there as well. So people have that accessible if they're interested in kind of clicking in and, and viewing the, fil- the trailer to the film. But by building this comment thread that's filled with fiction writing from other community members, the engagement within this, this uh, campaign was absolutely astronomical. Uh, and, and and broke many of our of our uh, like best practice benchmarks uh, for the the platform at the time, um, but this is the kind of of you know it leans into exactly what redditors are on Reddit for. Like great comment threads are you know and and I'm I'm speaking on behalf of all redditors here, which is kind of unfair. But you know when you when you hear from a, a old school redditor, like what do they love about the platform? It's it's usually the comment section. Usually the comment section is where uh, the most value is, especially on the Reddit platform. So finding strategies to lean into what the community values, you know, is is a solid way for us to kind of start to, to predict what types of campaigns are going to be effective within kind of community space. Um, Another campaign that I, I think was was really innovative, and it it leaned into an organic behavior in such a natural way uh, that I think it, you know it was it was a home run like in the brainstorm room, which I think is is very uh, rare to say about most social media campaigns. Um, Audi hosted a series of of AMAs uh, called Think Faster. And if you're not familiar, an AMA uh, generally happens within Reddit's r slash IAMA, I-A-M-A subreddit. Uh, an AMA, also called an Ask Me Anything, uh, is an engagement where a person comes to Reddit, could be a celebrity, could just be somebody with, with interesting experience, but they essentially kind of come to the platform and say, hey, uh, I'm so-and-so, here's my experience, ask me anything. And they have to mean that. They have to mean ask me anything. It doesn't mean I'm going to answer everything, 
but there's generally kind of some some pressure that's built as a question that someone asks rises to the top and doesn't get a response. Uh, there are a handful of of movie promotion <laughs> fiascos uh, in years past of celebrities who thought they would kind of ride a, an organic wave of promotion and get a front page post on Reddit without delivering on an AMA, uh, and that did not go so well uh, for those people. I'm not going to name names. Woody Harrelson. So Audi hosted this series of AMAs uh, where they, they found some celebrities. They took celebrities out to a racetrack. And then they hosted AMAs, but their, their kind of twist on the traditional AMA was that the celebrities who were being interviewed were also being driven around a racetrack at 130 miles an hour. Uh, so you ended up with these really funny, very complex, very production heavy, uh, but really wonderful final pieces uh, that ended up being these, these kind of artifacts of live interviews from the internet uh, being kind of spat at a celebrity that is just like losing their mind, trying to like just hold on for dear life. Uh, as a as a race car driver, kind of like takes them on what what probably feels a lot like a roller coaster. Um, so the you know they 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 got a, a huge kind of like breadth of celebrities uh, they had like Adam Scott, uh, Elizabeth Banks, uh, Issa Rae. Uh, there's a bunch of other. I think there were eight eight of these total. Um, and so the the consistency and this being a, a series was something that was that was really valuable to the Reddit community. You, you saw uh, people become familiar with the series and, and kind of engage in a, a different way as they started to see the Audi brand become part of the Reddit kind of community. Um, but it was, a, it was a nice way of, of kind of taking the, the kind of organic rawness uh, that you, know, you need to kind of embrace in a, in a space like Reddit, but, but give it that advertising production value that, that we're so good at. Like, you know, if there's one thing that we've, we've got down as advertising, uh, it's, it's that production value. So I thought that was a, a really smart way to, to kind of circumvent this problem of, you know, often we end up with these ultra polished assets that just don't feel right. They just, they feel like, like fake trees in a, in a, um, conservatory or something. It's like, there's just something about them that you can kind of tell isn't, isn't quite right. Um, but this was able to kind of polish something in a way that, that maintained its kind of organic feel. Another, another campaign that I, I, I think has, has really kind of you know, nailed the, the polish in a way that, that was well embraced by the Reddit community um, and I, I focus on on the polish because you know, over over a, a few years of working with brands, four years of working with brands on behalf of Reddit, um, I found that there was a there was a whole lot of of kind of uh, safety around the brand look and feel. So and, and and most of the time when we look at kind of the the social first brands, you know, it, they're they're not so precious, right? With with like how their brand shows up, they're willing to kind of either make memes or like kind of throw jabs on Twitter or, you know, do all of those things that we all kind of aspire to in like social media as brands. So another campaign that I think has done this particularly well and, and been able to kind of 
bring their brand into the Reddit environment in a way that kind of maintained the, the, the kind of look and feel and personality of the brand uh, and the, the polish that kind of great, well-produced ads have, but in a way that was super organic and really, and really compelling within the Reddit environment uh, was a campaign developed by the creative team at Widen and Kennedy on behalf of uh, a robotics company called Anki, and Anki is is a a weird company. They were launched at a at an Apple keynote uh, like a decade ago. They they've built a couple of like interesting kind of household robotics things. I think they recently went bankrupt. So um, yeah, hopefully it wasn't it wasn't this campaign that did it because uh, I really like the campaign. Uh, the campaign is for a little uh, toy robot they made called Cosmo, uh, and the campaign was called Cosmo Gets Lost in Reddit. And the, the campaign was was uh, a really interesting narrative. So this, this little robot named Cosmo uh, had a, a really kind of distinct personality. Uh, you really kind of only got the value of Cosmo when you saw him in action. Um, so we, we knew right away that we had to kind of find a way to kind of bring his personality to the platform. And the way that, that uh, the team ended up building this uh, was to create a series of escape rooms that were all themed after different subreddits. And then we live streamed this uh, choose your own adventure game where users of Reddit had to guide Cosmo through this series of puzzles and escape rooms uh, in order to guide him from Hail Corporate, which is where Reddit places uh, shameful brand activity so obviously we wanted to get Cosmo out of Hill Corporate uh, and up to the front page. So the the team built uh, all kinds of incredible sets, uh, like like real life, like large scale sets for Cosmo. Uh, and then on launch day, uh, this was this was streamed live on the Reddit platform. Uh, so Reddit kind of met Cosmo got introduced to the experience and then we're off to the races trying to solve these puzzles. Uh, and so, so they had to kind of guide Cosmo through the rare puppers room where they had to figure out how to get Cosmo to feed actual puppies, uh, treats. There was a, a, a series of, of comments that were along the lines of, uh, we don't, we don't believe that this is real. We will only believe that this is real when one of the dogs poop on, on camera and, uh, almost as if on cue, one of the one of these shelter dogs that was that was brought for the uh, experience. Uh, that sounds bad, but I I swear it was a positive thing. It was like they they were up for adoption, and this was a way of of showing the dogs off to people. Whatever that neither here nor there. Either way, plenty of dog poops happened. The the by the end of the experience, so you know the Cosmo had to had to work through the shitty robots room. Shitty Robots is a is a subreddit organized around like sharing videos of of robots who either don't do their jobs well or uh, like are made to kind of be tongue in cheek, tongue in cheekily shitty. Um, Cosmo, obviously being a non shitty robot, had to kind of work with shitty robots to navigate himself out. Uh, there is a there is a what could go wrong room and the what could go wrong subreddit is this hilarious subreddit full of videos that just kind of rhetorically make you ask the question oh what what could go wrong um, 
like a lot, obviously. So Cosmo enters the what could go wrong room and then has to fling himself in a uh, trebuchet across the set uh, into a hammock. Um, you know, I think this is a this is a little behind the scenes information, but I think we broke probably like six Cosmos that day, maybe more than that. Uh, just just trying to fling them into the hammock took a took a lot took a while um <laughs> but the reddit community had a blast with that because so we were able to reflect back some of these memes and some of this reddit culture in a way that it didn't feel like oh we're just kind of hijacking this and and kind of reflecting this back to you because we're a brand and we're making an ad and we want to feel local to you it was a way that was it was so fun and so value additive to the community that day that it, it, you know, it just, it felt completely genuine. And you saw that reflected in the conversation that happened within the live stream thread. And at the time, this was the most engaging campaign to have ever launched on Reddit. Uh, granted, this is a few years ago. I'm, I'm sure somebody has beat that record by now, but. Okay, the, the final campaign that I want to talk about is one that it's, it's a really unique campaign and it's, it's really not one that, any, any brand has really had the opportunity to do. Um, this was something that was a, a pretty unique one that was uh, built by the Reddit team um, and, and sponsored by Adobe. And this, I think the, the kind of, the, the real kind of story with this starts in uh, Reddit's kind of April Fool's Day tradition. Uh, so every year on April Fool's Day, I think this has been you know almost a, a half decade, if maybe a decade long tradition for for Reddit, which you know in, in Silicon Valley years is like a thousand years or something. Um, on April Fool's Day, the Reddit team would build these kind of grand scale social experiments uh, that were meant not to kind of dupe people into thinking that a new fake product existed, which is what many brands tended to do but rather to, to ask an interesting kind of social question. Like uh, one year, uh, they, the Reddit team divided everybody into orange red and uh, periwinkle blue. So those are the two colors of the, of the upvote and downvote. Um, and nobody knew what it meant, but that one day on Reddit, everybody was on one of these two teams and inevitably like the rivalry sparked up and, and it, it got really hilarious and, and tongue in cheek and, we watched uh, a really novel uh, tribalism unfold for a day, which was very fun. Um, one of the, and I think my favorite um, April Fool's Day experiments uh, on Reddit was created by a guy named Josh Wardle. Um, and he is, is probably the, the father of Reddit April Fool's Day experiments. Uh, the, he, he led a team that built what was called r slash place. And r slash place was a thousand pixel by thousand pixel blank canvas. Um, so a million pixel canvas. And when it launched, the idea was as an individual user, you can place one of these colored tiles on the canvas every five minutes or so. So, you know, you, you could, if you wanted to spend an hour on Reddit that day, you could try to make like a smiley face uh, in the corner or something. Actually, I think you probably need more than an hour for that if you wanted to fill in the face, but whatever. It was going to take you time if you wanted to build anything at all. What you really wanted to do was find a way to pull your community into it. And that's exactly what happened. So communities 
uh, from all over Reddit found and kind of claimed territory on the canvas. And the, the final artifact is just, it's, it's a really wonderful, it, it, it looks a lot like the, uh, the million dollar, uh, website, uh, that was launched back in like the nineties or early two thousands, uh, which was the guy that sold one pixel, uh, had a million pixel website and sold, uh, a dollar per pixel, uh, and, and ended up selling out the whole canvas. Um, it was reminiscent of that, but with a little, a little bit more altruism uh, and and uh, absurdity and and community organicness to it. Um, you, you saw like the Mona Lisa get created. There was uh, this is where the the meme about um, Darth Plagueis. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. Meme, uh, I think, really kind of became solidified uh, in the in the Hall of Meme Hall of Fame for meme hall of meme fame i don't know there's there's something there uh but it, you know it, it's 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 grandfathered in there um so th- there was a and then you know you had countries represent themselves you had teams represent themselves you had games represent themselves it was a really interesting kind of experiment in how do communities kind of uh deal with limited territory and resources in a closed environment um so the the Adobe team sponsored this experience called R slash Layer, and rather than users placing individual pixels on a canvas, R slash Layer uh, had people contribute layers to a group drawing. So kind of reminiscent of Photoshop, right? So you have uh, you know I as a user get to submit a layer to the top of the canvas, and over time. Other people are submitting all kinds of other things all over the rest of the canvas. Uh, so it, it almost acted like this digital graffiti wall. But what it did was it allowed for people to, to one, kind of coordinate together, which is something that people in community space like to do. It's not a matter of like, here's your team and you guys are responsible for doing this. But it, this kind of natural kind of camaraderie and rivalry that that's also built into the platform um, will come out in these op- in these places if we give them the opportunity to and that was something that, that the Adobe team did exactly right with layer um, there's also this this kind of expressiveness and this this innate creativity that people demonstrate in in these anonymous online communities that they're much more reluctant to in in social media space so you know, when we're engaging these anonymous online communities and, and online communities generally, you know, I think we have a little bit more freedom to uh, to try out these these campaigns that used to work in in general social when the the kind of crowd was a little bit uh, smaller, um, and to say to do things that that kind of act like dialogue between our audience and ourselves, uh, things like. You know, putting out a, a an ask for fan art or creative submissions of some kind, and then responding to those with some kind of of kind of uh, brand taste or brand flavor added to it. Um, the you know the, this mechanism of ask for UGC and then do something creative and interesting and useful with the UGC, I think is a, is a is a model that works extremely well in online communities. Okay, that's all I've got for you today. Very curious to hear how you all think about community advertising 
is it something that is interesting to you? Is it something you consider in your marketing mix? Is it lumped into the social media kind of bucket of, of channels? Um, or do you even really think about online communities uh, as, as an important piece of your, your ecosystem generally? Very curious to hear. Please uh, tweet me uh, at Joe Federer, J-O-E-F-E-D-E-R-E-R. Mash that MF like and subscribe button. Peace. Okay, I'm done, Matilda. Who's a good girl? Who's a pretty girl? Who's a pretty girl? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh, shit. This is the outro music. Be cool if you subscribe.